Sophrosyne, a Greek word describing an individual who has a masterful control of both their mind and body, along with excellence of character and is at peace with themselves. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Seeking Sophrosyne. I'm Shan. And I'm Sid. We, we hope, hope you enjoy. Before we get into this episode, just wanted to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this. We're going to be talking about food and eating and exercise and body image and some disordered thoughts and um, thinking about these sorts of things. So if this in any way going to be um, triggering for you or not good for your food and wellness journey, please feel free to click off now. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Seeking Sophrosyne. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, we're so happy to be back. Um, I'm Shannon. And I'm Sydney. And today we're going to be talking about eating, exercise, wellness, that whole shebang. Yeah. <laughs> a big topic. That's yes. Definitely on the forefront of my brain a lot of the time. Me too. I am astounded by how much of my thoughts are um, related to this topic in some way throughout yes. the day. It's actually crazy. Like, I don't really realize it because I feel like it's such a subconscious thing for me at this point. But when I really take a step back and think about it, I really contemplate these things constantly throughout the day. Yeah, me too. Sometimes in for good reasons and sometimes for reasons that I'm trying to work on. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think that's part of what we wanted to get into today. Um with in terms of eating and food and exercise and how how we view it and how we look at it and coming at it from a way of health and balance and listening to our bodies rather than um, for any external reasons or um, yeah just focusing on the internal benefits of all that yes totally so I think we wanted to start out kind of talking about the topic of emotional eating, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to because it's a very common human occurrence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that I definitely find myself eating for emotional reasons (laughs) because (laughs) like if I get really stressed or upset about something or I just... And even when I'm bored, I find myself eating to kind of fill whatever void I'm trying to fill or whatever, trying to solve whatever problem I'm trying to solve and that I'm dealing with inside of my brain at the moment. And I know that that's not a good coping mechanism and I'm definitely trying to work on it. Um, And yeah, sometimes it looks, for me, it looks like overeating or like snacking a lot, or sometimes it looks like not eating at all kind of depends on what I'm feeling. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. I think um, oftentimes if I'm not being mindful about what I'm eating, I'll just um, snack without listening to my body. And then I end up not feeling great and feeling worse than before. Yeah. um, Because I'm not paying attention to my level of fullness or anything my body is telling me. And I think a big thing for me with emotional eating that you just mentioned um, is not eating. Yeah. Something I've really tried to get away from is um, 
feeling as though meals are something or or that food is something that I I deserve based on how little or, or placing any value on how little I eat yeah um because one that's not how humans work that's not good for me mm-hmm. um and two I don't want to spend so much of my energy thinking about that constantly and it's exhausting (laughs) yeah yeah like keeping track of the food I've eaten that I would label as unhealthy that's not serving any sort of purpose in fact it's it's a extremely detrimental to my mental health and also I mean my physical health I think that takes a toll at a certain point when you're constantly stressing over something that that seeps into your health. And so if I'm trying to come at something from an angle of being healthy, mm-hmm. well, constantly thinking about my consumption is doing the opposite of that. Yeah, it's not accomplishing anything better than what you're accomplishing by eating a lot of unhealthy foods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. Um, Do you have like, do you wake up every day and kind of plan out like what you're gonna eat or like how do you approach each day of eating and like how or how I guess would you like to approach each day of eating (laughs) optimally (laughs) yeah yeah I think I I don't usually I the only thing I plan is my oatmeal breakfast because I usually fall asleep looking forward to that and my coffee (laughs) easy to Um, please (laughs) yeah and so that's a big highlight for me but in terms I would say and then I for dinner I usually have the same things um and so I don't really think about that but lunch is kind of the one that's more up in the air yeah which that I think lunch is the hardest meal for me because um I don't get hungry for a while after breakfast and then it's the point where it's almost dinner and so by almost I mean a couple hours and so um the unhealthy voice in my head says oh you're just a couple hours away from dinner let's wait for that um Mm -hmm. and I have to remind myself like no it's it's time to eat you need to eat three meals a day to be healthy and um let's go find something to eat and so listening to my body and not having hunger be a feeling that I aim for. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you usually plan out what you're going to eat throughout the day? Um, It definitely depends on the day, but yeah, I know. I feel like for different people, this might work differently. Um, Like for some people, it probably could have a negative effect to plan out what you want to eat for the day or even the week. Um, because that could feel like a restriction and that could just not feel very fun. It could almost feel like a punishment for some people. Um, but for me, I, I kind of like to do that every once in a while. Like I like to wake up and be like, Oh, like I'm excited to have this for breakfast. And then maybe I could have this for my lunch or a snack or whatever. And then like thinking about like, oh, I could cook this yummy dinner and just kind of like thinking ahead so that I don't find myself in a position where I'm really hungry and I just want to eat something. And then I find myself like not eating something that's going to make me feel good, I guess, just because I'm like starving and can't make a decision. Um, so sometimes in order to make the best decisions, I like to plan ahead a little bit. It just makes me feel better sometimes, but it definitely depends on 
what kind of day I have ahead of me or how I'm feeling at the moment. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a strategy that I use sometimes. Totally. I like that. I think that's, yeah, that can be kind of fun too, in a way yeah. to look for new recipes. And that's something being home um, for break. <laughs> I, I have been trying to fill my time um, in new ways because I have a lot yeah. of it. And <laughs> something I guess that kind of goes in with planning um, meals is that I've been really enjoying looking for recipes to make. And so yes. I'll get excited about a new dinner recipe I found that I'm going to make the next day um, and, and planning for that. And also then that's, that's been fun for me because I can incorporate farmer's markets into my routine and think about yeah. seasonal things and just making particular, particularly dinner a fun event because I think whenever you make something there's a sense of pride with that and it's just yeah always a fun adventure no that's I'm happy you brought that up because that's honestly another big reason that I like to plan out my meals is so that they're more fun and I'm not just eating the same thing every day because that can get boring so I think that's so true like it's really fun to kind of pick out new recipes or just like something that you used to make and haven't made in a while that's an old favorite that you kind of forgot about and just to like make a mental note like oh like I'll think I make I'll make that tomorrow and it's just kind of fun which is so funny that that's what we categorize as fun right now (laughs) I know the things I look forward to my butternut squash soup from the yeah I'm like oh goodness where have we been (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, do you think that for you, how you think about this topic has changed at all over time? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think food in general for me is something that definitely how I think about it has changed over time in the sense that for the longest time, I didn't give a second thought to my food, um, yeah. in a good way. I, I think because, um, my family's really into clean, healthy eating, and I would just eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. And ever since I was little, I remember my mom saying, listen to your body, eat when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that was all I did. And, and food wasn't ever given a second thought. And it was just um, very um, uneventful to me. <laughs> like I didn't, yeah. I didn't register anything more than just oh like I'm eating to fuel my body and I think over time which happens I think for a lot in particular for women they become more um, conscious about their food choices and tend to think about it more as they get older based on body image and the messages we're constantly getting from all around us and so I think I I went from not giving it a second thought to giving it many thoughts. And now I'm trying to get back to a place where it's, it takes up less space in my brain. What about you? No, I feel the same way. Like I've always, my family's always eaten super well. And so I never would think about it when I was little. And obviously when you're little, all of those other issues associated (laughs) with what you eat aren't on your radar at all. Um, so yeah, you're way better at just listening to your body and like eating whatever mom puts in front of you (laughs) and like just eating when you're hungry and knowing when you're full and being perfectly at peace with that. And then when you get older, you start caring about your body more and you, there's all of these expectations from women to look a certain way or expectations for yourself, 
um, that just cause maybe some unhealthy patterns and some obsessions with food and with exercise and all that. Um, but I feel like I'm finally in a place again where I am more at peace with food, thankfully, because (laughs) there were a few years there where it just wasn't fun. Like it was, I was just thinking about it so much and worried about what I was eating all the time. But I feel like, yeah, like I totally just think about what is going to make me feel the best, what's going to nourish my body the best, what's the best decision for me. Um, and that's just kind of how I do it. And it's also more fun when I like cooking now. That <laughs> makes everything a lot more fun because I used to never cook. <laughs> Me too. That's been a fun journey. Um, yeah. Are there certain um, – w- when you realize that you want to eat but you're not necessarily hungry and there's a deeper underlying something going on, are there certain questions you ask yourself or certain steps you take to like yes. address – what's going on besides food or how do you deal with that? Totally. I love that question because that's such a huge thing, not only for me, but for other people I know that I'm close with, especially with women. I know that this is huge, like eating when you're bored or eating when you're upset. Um, Yeah, I definitely struggled with this, but I feel like I've also come to a place where with this, where, I feel like I'm more in control and I feel better about it. And I feel like what I do is I just like every time I feel the urge to eat when I'm not actually hungry, um, I often ask myself why, like I ask myself, Oh, are you hungry? And then when the answer is no, then I'm asking myself, Oh, like, why do I feel the urge to eat right now? Um, And then after a series of questions like that, I kind of get to the bottom of why I may be wanting to eat. Um, and then I kind of address that issue, whatever it may be. And then I realize that I need to figure that out. I don't need to eat. <laughs> um, and so that always helps. But I don't know. It's just an interesting thing because especially in this country, food is seen as like – a reward and kind of a comforting gesture. Like when your friend is like broken up with their partner, like you bring them ice cream, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, cause it's a comforting gesture and that's just what you do. Um, I just find that kind of weird that our society has done that because like we were saying, like we think of food now as just something to nourish us and like, it is also something that can make us happy. Um, but then it gets to a point where it may not be making us happy when we're like eating, when we don't really feel like eating and we're eating for reasons other than nourishment or a little treat or something like that. Um, I feel like that's where it gets a little bit messy. Yeah. I think that's, I think what you said about um, our culture and, the emotional ties that we place on food that are really ingrained in us from a young age, whether that be cake at at celebrations or um, just how processed sugar is linked with feeling happy and feeling better. Um, That's something I never really thought about, but is so applicable. Yeah. It's just so interesting to think about. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just we've grown up like that, you know, and so no wonder like that's what we want to do to make us feel better when we're sad. Um, but to a certain extent that can make us feel better, but then I feel like it crosses a line where we need to address the real problem at hand. Yeah, I think interacting with um processed sugar and, and uh, sweets, interacting with sweets is something that I've had an interesting journey with in terms yeah. of like coming at my eating from an angle of health. I always thought, okay, no sugar, you're going to be super no processed sugar, that's really bad for you, but it got to the point where I realized that thinking that much and obsessing over avoiding processed sugar was not healthy in and in and of itself. And so if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm claiming this is healthy, it, this should not be causing me so much inner turmoil. Um, yeah. And so kind of reevaluating how I looked at healthy um, mm-hmm. and what that meant. And I've come to a new definition of healthy that is more centered around um, balance and listening to my body and if that means eating processed sugar one night that is so okay um yeah and you know sometimes that looks like eating a salad because I I know how good it's going to make me feel but then sometimes that means eating a cupcake for dessert without overthinking about the processed sugar that's in it Mm. um and so yeah just kind of coming at the word healthy from from a different lens has been really helpful helpful for me in my food journey. Yeah, I think that's so awesome. And that's such an important message to share, especially because you didn't find that right away. Like no one can find that right away. Like it's a lot of trial and error and it's definitely a journey for everyone to figure out what healthy means to them in their life. Um. And yeah, it's just awesome. Once you find it, it's a much happier place to be in. <laughs> yeah. And it's so individual, like you said. Yeah. Really crazy. Yeah. Um, I think also um, something I've been working on is, is taking away labels from food or, or, or certain emotions that I've realized should not be associated with food. Um, and so for me, those, those emotions are things like guilt or pride. Yes. Um, I think having those types of emotions tied with food is not beneficial at all and is extremely detrimental to mental health and gets to the point where it's detrimental to your physical health. If you're constantly yeah. evaluating your food choices based on those types of emotions, um, and, yeah, it's just crazy how many feelings we have about food when it's something that we need to survive and I know. how also the word deserve and food is something that is really, I am <laughs> extremely um, passionate about separating those two words yeah. because I think I've had points where I felt like I needed to do X, Y, and Z in a day to deserve a certain either type or amount of food Um and the reality is that that is so far from the case and that just by being a living, breathing human, you deserve as much food as your body wants. Um, and there are no requirements for de- being deserving of food besides being a human, which you are. Um, and also one of my favorite quotes 
is that I used to feel feelings of pride with um, eating less food in a day um, and just reminding myself there's no reward for eating less food. It's You need food for the nutritional aspects. You need food for everything you do. And, and um, eating less, the quote was something like, eating less doesn't make you any prettier, funnier, smarter. However, it gives you less energy to be all those things or something yeah. like that. And just reminding yeah. myself that, you know, I am worthy of whatever my body wants just by being me. Um, and so I think that's something that over time has changed a lot, but I'm getting to a better place with, um, mm-hmm. which is a, um, a much better outlook than I've had at times. Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. You know, that just, I don't know, when you were talking about that, it just really amazes me um, how, again, like how our society has come to this place, come to be in this place where food used to just be something that like hunter and gatherers would find on a lucky day. They would find enough food to feed them, to nourish them, to feed their hunger so that they could survive. Um, And now it's become this like emotional, intricate, complicated, exhausting thing that is just in so many different areas of our life and it's taking up so much of our brain space when it should just be that simple and it should be that like easy, happy thing again. Like it doesn't need to be this hair, like this scary, like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't need to be what it has become. Um, but yeah, I just think, I love that quote so much. I think that is so powerful. Like we, if we're restricting ourselves from eating or if we're feeling guilty for what we do eat, or if we're praising ourselves for eating super well and then saying, Oh, like since I ate this salad, like I deserve this dessert or like, since I worked out today, like I deserve this, whatever. Like we should not be thinking in that way. Like, We should just be thinking of food as something that is going to make us healthy and strong and make our brains work in the best way possible and fuel us to do all the things that we need to do every day. And that that obviously our brain and our bodies work much better when we're eating clean and good foods, but that doesn't mean that we need to be upset if we eat some sweets and like Mm -hmm. something that like may not be classified as healthy like we can have those things just we need to also be fueling our bodies with the good things a lot of the times too like it's all about a balance like we were talking about earlier totally yeah and that reminds me um I I I really want to get to the place where I don't I, I just listen to my body and I eat and it doesn't take up so much space in my um, brain, but I'm, I'm kind of working on, <laughs> on, I'm not there yet. And I'm kind of at the stage of trying to rewire my brain in terms of the media I consume and, and like go mm. the complete opposite on the, on the spectrum of eating. And so um, I think for so long I was consciously and unconsciously consuming things on uh, my media feeds that were reinforcing this idea of exercising and eating to look a certain way. And Mm -hmm. so I've been really conscious about the people I follow 
Um, and kind of going on the complete opposite side of that and just super, um, super focused on following creators that are really focused on self-love and listening to your body and exercising when you want to and eating what you want and um, just not doing any of those things to look a certain way, but focusing on how you feel. And so um, I think I still have a lot of thoughts about food every day, but I'm trying to model the, the behavior that I'm seeing that's on the good side of things. That's all about um, how you're, you deserve any food you want um, and how you just, um, yeah. So I'm just trying to counter all the, the negative information I've received for so many years. Um, and then I'm hoping that I get to a place where I no longer think about food so much because I don't, I don't know, life is way too short to be constantly thinking about the food you're eating and what your body looks like. Um, yeah. 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 Especially when it's other people telling us to do certain things instead of us just knowing what we ourselves need. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the place that I'm trying to go also. And I'm definitely not there yet either, but I think that I am proud of myself of how I've been working on healing my relationship with food and with my body. And I think we're going to get there. It's definitely a journey. Yes, definitely. And I think um, following people who are really passionate about promoting body positivity and intuitive eating has been really helpful with my, um, with working on healing my relationship with food. And so one of my favorite people is on TikTok. I know. I was just going to ask. I was like, who do you follow, huh? <laughs> do tell. I love on TikTok, um, Brit. Um, what's her name? Um, I'll find her exact name. But she's just really so Brittany Lancaster on TikTok. She just fights diet culture and promotes body positivity. Yeah, and she just is so wonderful, and she does a lot of what I eat in the days that are nutritious and balanced and non-restrictive, and so just having my feed filled with those types of videos is so, it's crazy how much of an impact that has. Yeah, totally. Like, and as you were saying, it's totally conscious sometimes, but it's also so unconscious how much what we're looking at on our phones is impacting the decisions we make and the thoughts that we're having in our own heads Mm -hmm. like so many of the choices that you're making throughout the day and so many of the things that you're thinking about and worrying about like you don't realize it but they're probably like coming from something that you saw or heard on Instagram or whatever it is and if it's not positive then that's not good and like it's not like we're gonna suddenly stop looking at social media. So if so long as we continue to look at it, like we should be filling it with more positive things so that that's what fills our subconscious mind. Totally. And even little things like something I switched up this summer that had a bigger impact than I even expected, but I would do an ab workout by Alexis Wren. And I think subconsciously seeing her body and seeing my body and and seeing like having this link between doing this and attaining a certain um, physical form was really counterproductive for me and um, I think subconsciously a part of me was always 
comparing our bodies, but when in reality, she's had, I think she had ribs removed. So there's no yeah. amount of crunches <laughs> I am going to do to look like this. And I don't even want to have that thought in my mind consciously or subconsciously. And so I've, I've found other core routines that um, yeah. are, are done by people who, who are healthy and look normal and um, don't have ribs removed. Um, and so I think it's little yeah. things like that that have a bigger difference than we expect. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And yeah, that just makes me think like, I hate when I think like, oh, like I want a body like hers. Mm -hmm. I need to stop thinking that because I'm never going to get a body like anybody. I can start saying I want the best body that I can have with my body. Like I can say that because I think that's a goal that I could have realistically, but we can't compare our bodies to anyone because they're not comparable at all. They're all so different. They're all built differently. Our bodies work differently. Like there's no comparison there. So I want everybody to stop (laughs) saying that because it's unfair to ourselves to make that comparison. I love that. That's so true. It's, it's like our, all of our bone structures are so different and it's so beautiful. The fact that none of our bodies look alike. And I wish I didn't ever, have a certain figure that I'm trying to attain and instead celebrated the body that I have. Yeah. All that totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could talk about exercise a little bit. Yeah. We've touched on it, but we could go into it a little bit more. Um, I guess, how do you approach your exercise? You've talked a little bit about your food approach and you started to talk about your exercise approach, but well, how do you think of exercise? How do you incorporate it into your life? Yeah, that's another thing I've had quite the journey with. I think it, yeah. a lot of people can relate to. Um, I think right now I come at exercise from a very um, internal perspective and thinking about um, how impactful it is for my mental health and, and doing it to feel good mentally and not focus on any physical um, connection between how my body looks in exercise and kind of separate that from the activity. Um, and then just, and I never want to feel, um, something I've struggled with with exercise is feeling pressured to work out, um, Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. And I don't, that shouldn't be what exercise is about. Um, and so I've tried to make it more of a joyful activity where it's a celebration of my body and, and just reminding myself of, um, how grateful I am that my body is able to run or, or lift or bike and um, just how, how lucky I am to be able to move my body um, and thanking my body for all that it does for me. Because I think so often, I, I mean, I forget every little thing my body does for me from just to get me through the day. Like, it, that is so cool that our bodies, our bodies do so much for us and we never really mm-hmm. think about it. And so mm-hmm just being grateful for all that it does. And then when I push myself, just feeling so empowered and strong and, and so um, just thankful that my body can do all this for me. And then also focusing on how much the, the endorphins that exercise releases is life-saving for me. Um, yeah. I think it's medicine. It really it's literally is. a drug. I know for both of us, like if we're having a bad day and then we exercise, it can go a long way in turning yes. that around. Uh, there have been many times this year where Shannon and I are on the verge of mental breakdowns 
and we look at each other and we're like, it's one of those days. And then we literally have to force ourselves sometimes, but we go for a run, like a fun run. And we see like, if our bodies feel like, Oh, we're going to push it today. Like we're going to work really hard, sweat really hard. Then that's what we'll do. But other days our bodies are feeling super heavy and so we just go with that if it's one of those days but oh my gosh that always makes me feel so much better when I'm coming out of a place even where I'm like nothing can make me feel better right now and then we go on a run and I feel so much better and it's just it's great it really is us (laughs) some days it's us trudging trudging out the front door dragging (laughs) our feet is the last thing I want to do and we're shuffling on our run we are like barely moving but afterwards I feel like I'm 9,000 pounds (laughs) Uh, yeah exercise is really really powerful what has your exercise journey been like and and do you feel like now you're in a better place with it than it than you used to be yes my exercise journey has been so interesting um (laughs) yeah like when I was younger I almost ended up in a wheelchair and I obviously wasn't able to exercise much when all of that was going on. Um, And then my big blessing is that that did not happen to me. And I was able to get through that. And I was able to start walking and running again eventually. And then eventually lift weights again. And then eventually play sports again. Um, And so I definitely think of exercise maybe in a different way than a lot of people. Um, just because I did have that experience and I feel like I almost over exercise sometimes just because it makes me so happy and I just think it's so awesome when I'm exercising I'm like this is so great like it's so awesome that I can do this and yeah I totally think of it as a celebration of my body and just feeling so thankful that I'm able to do all of these things and that my body was able to recover and my body is able to get this strong and this fast and all that. Um, But yeah, something that I work on right now or that I'm trying to work on right now is um, giving myself more rest days, but also knowing that my rest days might look different than other people's and that that's okay Um, cause I know for some people, like they may like their body might want to work out a few times a week and then other times their body like just needs a rest, whether that's like literally doing nothing or like just going for a walk or something. Um, but I know that even on my rest days, like my body feels good when I do something. Um, even if it's just really light, I just need to do something every day, even on my rest days. Um, And something that I'm trying to work on on that angle, which is kind of weird, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately is being okay with that and not letting people make me feel weird for that because I feel like, I don't know, like everyone really prioritize or everyone really tries to like normalize rest days, I guess, and be like, it's okay to take a rest day. Like you don't need to work out every day. And I'm all for that. I think that's so true. But I know for myself that my rest days might not look like sitting on the couch. Like I'm still going to do something because that's what my body needs. And I'm working on like being okay with that and not feeling like judged for that. Um, 
which is kind of weird, but that's what's going on with me. <laughs> I love, well, I think listening to your body and, and doing what's right for you, that's really awesome. And, you know, I think rest days look different for different people. And so that's really good that you're finding what works for you, you know? Yeah. I think rest days are, are something I, I struggle with. Um, I think I, and how I've been um, trying to work through that is that I've been trying to, to force myself to take a rest day um, mm-hmm. because I, I realized for myself that I can get too obsessive about things. And so it, I don't want to, if there's a day where I don't work out, I have a lot of feelings about that and, yeah. and I feel guilty and I feel <clears throat> unworthy. And those are emotions that should never accompany exercise. And so I've been trying to force myself to take a day off every week um, and go for a walk, you know, walk my dog, like I always do, or go surfing. Um, and like, yeah, so how I've been dealing with, I think it's so important to, um, do what's right for you. And I think for me, I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to push through my rest days mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of like forcing myself to take them. Cause I, I realized <laughs> that I, I need to learn to, not exercise for a day and feel okay about it and feel okay about myself and my body. Um, and something else that reminds me of that you really inspire me with is how your, your journey with weights and exercising for the longest (laughs) time, all I did was run and I love, love, love running. Nothing makes me feel better. Um, but I don't know, seeing Sid doing weight workouts really inspired me because she's so strong and I want to be strong. And so um, you just, I don't know, that was really powerful to see. And so being able to tag along to your weight workouts um, and just, I don't know, you're just so powerful and I I want to be like that. And so now getting into weights and incorporating that into my daily, um, into my weekly exercise routine and kind of switching on and off between weights and running has been really um a really cool experience just to to see myself get stronger and and the feeling of when you can go up in weights have a tangible um example of yourself getting stronger and seeing you go up in number of pounds you can lift and how just the feeling of, of of knowing you're getting stronger and gaining muscle and feeling more there's something so powerful about lifting weights I just find it so empowering I really have Sid to thank for my weight journey because you really inspired me with your weight lifting to get more into that oh my gosh that is really sweet but I want to tell you that I think you're so strong and powerful so I'm I'm so proud of you I think it's so cool that you're enjoying that I just think it's such a fun thing to get into I think that running is so fun too but they're fun in different ways you know and yeah it's just awesome everyone should lift weights even if it's just five pounds five (laughs) pounds is hard (laughs) lifting weights is hard no matter how much you're lifting and yeah it feels so good and that's just I'm just so happy that you're enjoying that because I love it so much too it just makes you feel so strong and powerful and yeah, I know that Shan and I both um, use Peloton a lot for our lifting, and I find all of those instructors so inspiring and almost like mentors to me in a lot of ways. And 
Yeah, a lot of times in the strength classes, they talk about how we lift weights and do these hard things so that we can do the other hard things in our daily lives. And I think that that is so true, like carrying the weight, the physical dumbbell and becoming strong in that way allows you to become strong in all the other ways and carry the other weights of our daily lives. And it's just a very true metaphor that I see every day in my life. Um, but yeah, yeah Peloton is really, awesome. I think that's what just the joy of lifting was something that really like got me into it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, doing it, doing weight workouts with you was so <laughs> fun that I was excited to do that on the days that I was going to do that. And so that got me just so yeah. motivated. And I think that Peloton is really an amazing company and, um, their instructors, like in particular, um, Selena (laughs) I always mess up her name but Selena Samuela and um Robin are just such badass women that are so strong and I just love doing their workouts because they're so motivating and just so empowering um and I think it's Robin that always says you can do hard things and and just that's become a mantra for me now throughout my day, um, during my weight workouts, and then also beyond that. Um, Or maybe that was Glennon Doyle, but someone, some badass woman says that. No, she definitely says that too. You can do hard things is something I um, (laughs) have as a, a, has become a new affirmation for me. (laughs) Yeah, she's given one to me also. That's definitely one of them, but another one that is totally, I get... (laughs) It's kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to admit it. But I have a reminder on my phone that alerts me every day at 10 a.m. And it says, do you want this more than you fear it? And that is like my biggest mantra. It's been my biggest mantra for like almost a year now. Um, Just because I know that fear stops me from doing a lot of things in my life. Like aside from just working out, like obviously working out, there's fear in that like oh, like, it's going to be too hard or like too tiring, or like, I'm not strong enough to do this. Like, there's fear and doubt in that. And there's fear and doubt in my everyday life of like, academically, or socially, or whatever it is. Um, But I just love thinking about do you want this more than you fear it? And my answer is always yes. And so that's what always drives me to do whatever it is that I'm doubting. I love that. And I love having physical reminders that come up throughout the day. That's a really good. I might have to program that into my phone after this. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's awesome. And it always pops up at like, obviously, it popped up. It pops up at 10 a.m. every day. But for some reason, that like something's always going on at that time every day where it's like, I needed that little reminder at that time. So I really like 10 a.m. <laughs> I, I know you sleep in a little late at the time. So maybe you're more like a noon girl, but <laughs> maybe figure out a time for you. <laughs> I love that. I think yeah. self-talk is so powerful. Um, in terms of exercise and food, talk, how I talk to myself about it is something I've become more conscious about and really trying to fine tune um the voice in my head that that um and just like this is the voice that I'm going to be with for the rest of my days and so we all deserve to have a nice place in our home in our home in our head and so 
being kind to ourselves and and talking to ourselves in a way that is like a friend. Like that's something I think about is how would you talk to a friend right now? Would you be belittling a friend for eating a certain thing or doing a certain, it's like, no, of course not. You would come at it with compassion and love. And that's what we all deserve to hear in our own head. And a big part of that um, positive self-talk for me looks like affirmations. Um, And so that you can do hard things. One Mm -hmm. is a great one. Um, And just other reminders that I I write down, like some of my, (laughs) you are capable is one that I I repeat to myself a lot. Um, I, um, you are worthy and valuable just the way you are. Those are some other ones that I I constantly try and replay in my head um, because we all, we all deserve to hear nice things. I love that so much talking to yourself like you would talk to a friend I think that's awesome I need to start thinking about that more <laughs> all right well I think we touched it all mm-hmm. all the things yeah I think yeah that well thank you so much for up. tuning in um to another Seeking Sephrosyne episode we hope you enjoyed it um we love you so much and we will talk to you soon Mwah.